Come on and love him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I thank you, Jesus, and I praise you. Holy, holy, holy God, great and mighty King. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody said praise the Lord. Let's give God a big hand together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. I'm thinking of a scripture in John chapter 4. If you'll just listen a moment. It's just a portion of a scripture. And the statement that was made was that one party had no dealings with the other party. And I'd like to work for just a little while on no deals for the devil. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. No deals for the devil. Jesus said in one place that the devil had nothing in him. He would not allow the devil to invest anything in him. He wasn't selling anything that he had to the enemy. And as it was plainly made in Luke chapter 4, that the enemy had come, the tempter had come to tempt him. And at one point, he told him, took him to the top of the mountain, showed him all the glories of the kingdoms of this world. Now, uh, it's commonly believed that the temptation took place in the mind. And it did say, in a moment, he did this. And um, in so doing, he said all, everything that he showed him, he said, it's yours if you'll simply fall down and worship me. So he was offering him something in return for something to seal the deal. But Jesus would not have any part of that. And uh, he made it clear that it's written, thou shalt only serve and worship the one God, and that's it. We, we have nothing for you here, and we're not buying into what you're offering, no matter how illustrious or glorious you try to make it look how tantalizing it would be to the flesh. We're not buying into that. We're having no part of that. And you go back to, uh, uh, well, actually go to the book of Revelation chapter 12, and you read how that there was a temptation for a, a bargain in heaven. And the Bible teaches that uh, in the final analysis, one-third of the holy angels of God, one-third, entered into a bargain and an agreement with Satan, with Lucifer. And that uh, in, in, in return, when Michael uh, was led the armies of God against Satan and his one-third, which, of course, one-third from the whole number one leaves two-thirds. So, obviously, Michael and the angels that would have no dealings with the devil were left in the majority. And they thrust Satan out. Lucifer was thrown out of heaven. And as Jesus made the statement, I beheld him fall like lightning from heaven. Now, I want you to understand that that took place because the majority had no dealings with the enemy. They would not enter into any agreements, no dealings with him. The enemy, the devil, absolutely is not in any way honest or upright or forthright about what he does. His, his business dealings will always leave you the loser. No matter what he shows you, no matter what he promises you, no matter how he uh, makes it appealing and tantalizing, only to the flesh. And if we're uh, determined that we're going to pray in the Spirit, we're going to worship God in the Spirit, as it is written, worship him in spirit and in truth. 
as we do the things that we are taught to do, just as Jesus was in the days of his flesh, an example in when the enemy showed him all the glories of the kingdoms of this world in an attempt to get this flesh. You know, there are some people that, w that say if Jesus was God, that there, then there was no way that he could have sinned or could have fallen. And that only shows me a sadness to their lack of uh, illumination or revelation about the Scriptures because according to this flesh, he was every sense of the word, he was a human being, he was a man. And he was tempted in all points like as we are. And they tried to act like the, the deck was stacked and that it didn't matter because he couldn't sin because he was God. But you have to understand, <clears throat> I have God in me, you have God in you if you have the Holy Ghost. Granted, we have it by measure where Jesus had it to the fullness. But the point is that there is the weakness of the flesh. There is the nature of the flesh. He could have sinned. He could have crossed the line. He could have thrown up his hands and quit at any moment. He could have uh, looked at one of the, uh, wasn't it, Pilate, and he, and he said, don't you know that I could pray right now and I could have legions of angels here and take care of business lickety-split. But he said, if I was to do that, if I was to give in to my flesh, if I was to give in to wanting to give you a good slapping down, he said, uh, then, then the Scriptures would not be fulfilled. In other words, you and I wouldn't be sitting here with the great gift of the Holy Ghost. We wouldn't be baptized in the precious blood that was shed on the cross. We wouldn't have this great uh, future ahead of us, this world to come, because he would have given in to a momentary uh, vengeance, if you please. And the Spirit said that vengeance is his. And that means that we've got to know the place here of what belongs to the Spirit. And Jesus Christ in the flesh, the flesh had to learn. He had to die. The Bible said he learned the things uh, of obedience through the obedience, through the things which he suffered. He learned obedience. He went through an awful lot of teaching, training, and tutoring in the flesh, all as an example to us. And in every sense of the word, he taught us that there's not going to be any dealings with the devil. We're just not going to have nothing to do with him whatsoever. He's a liar and the father of it. And we know that at the outset, so it's not going to listen to him. What did the little phrase say? Speak to the hand because the ear's not listening. We're not going to let the enemy get that far. We're not going to let him get that close in. We're not interested in what he's talking about. You hear me? I'm not interested in what he's singing about. I'm not interested in what he's saying. I'm not interested in what he's showing on the screens. I'm not interested in what he's trying to get people to sell out for. And you're not interested in either. We're just not going to have anything to to do with it. Amen. No dealings with the devil. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. Amen. Believe me, he, uh, it is written that the, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Some people are only thinking that if they don't do some big thing wrong, they'll be okay. But then who are you to judge what's big versus what's small? And another thing to keep in mind, it did say the little foxes that spoil the vine, that the enemy can come in and take one grape at a time, and pretty soon there's no grapes left whatsoever. So we've got to be uh, aware here, and we've got to tell ourselves that we don't want anything to do with this world and the temptations that it offers and the flesh, that we want to tell ourselves that's not a good thing for me. That's something I'm not going to get involved with. Young people, the Scripture said when you grow up, that you put away childish things. So you have to come to a place to where you say, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be thunder thumbs here. <laughs> you know, that's not my goal in life. 
That's not my goal at all. I don't want to uh, uh, sell out for those kind of things. I, I want to learn how to keep things in balance. I want to I learn how that uh, when, it, when somebody said uh, enough is uh, enough and another person said enough is too much. So we've got to stop short at the, at the right place here. We've got to hold ourselves within the boundary lines. We've got to listen to the Holy Ghost. We've got to listen to the preaching of God's Word. Sometimes, you know, you can spend hours playing a game. Ask yourself, how many hours have I spent reading my Bible? Ask yourself that question. One young lady said if she spent uh, all the time in the prayer room that she spent on the phone all day long, said I would be praying hours upon hours. I was up very early this morning, and, and it was still uh, dark, and, and I was just getting light where you could see a little bit, and, and coming down the road, and I see somebody walking, and they got the phone, and I'm saying, my God, it's six-something in the morning, and who would you be on the phone with this time in the morning, you know? And there was a guy at the cleaners, and he's, he's, he's hanging up the clothes and pulling the plastic down over it, and he's got a rubber band holding his phone open to his ear so he could have hands free. I guess that was before the thing you buy to put in your ear, you know? What can I say? Maybe he was an inventor. I don't know. Maybe he inspired the engineers to come up with that. But the point is that, you know, where are we spending our time? What are we doing? The devil would like to engage your mind. He wants to get every thought. He wants to in, just get inside your head through all of your five senses, and he wants to occupy your thinking. You know, they got this big thing going on around the country, occupy. Well, I'm telling you, the devil wants to occupy your territory. They go to places. They go to parks. They go under viaduct. They go on balconies of hotels and they stay there and they set up their little pup tents and they occupy. They occupy. They're trying to get some message across and tie something up somewhere. But I'm telling you that the devil wants to camp out in your life. He wants to get into your heart. He wants to get into your mind. He wants you to enter into a deal, a business deal with him. And you've got to tell him, I'm not going into any deal you. None whatsoever. I don't want your music. I don't want your games. I'm going to be selective. I'm going to be careful. And everybody said amen. Well, you know, uh, music, music needs to be about the Lord. And, it, and we need to be even selective about not everything that, that says the name of Jesus is godly. Not everything that, that sings the name of Jesus makes it good. And so you have to get mature enough, young people. That you put away childish things and you grow up in your mind and your thinking and you start making right and healthy choices. You, and the same thing goes right on up into adulthood that we have to uh, learn when to step away and, and learn when not to get involved with something. I remember uh, a man came, I, was, I wasn't there personally, but uh, it was told to me by my pastor, a man came to uh, the church and he looked at the building and he looked at a particular location in the building and he said man he said this would be a perfect place to set up and play bingo and my pastor you know he wanted to you know be wise and not just clobber the guy the guy was lost he was a sinner so he just said to him he said yes he said it would be if you believed in that and that ended that conversation because we just don't believe in gambling do we and you know you can you can get very mixed up i'm sure you heard about the fellow that was on the plane and 30 and 40,000 feet up in the air and then they developed engine trouble and the plane started to fall and was going down and the pilot got on the intercom and told him he said uh, he said we're in trouble we've lost our engines and and we're headed down and uh, if there's anybody there that can pray we, we need some prayer right now and so the 
Uh, flight attendants are going up and asking, is anybody anybody here uh, pray? Anybody know how to pray? Is there a preacher on board? And there was no preachers. There was nobody. And um, finally, a little hand went up, and, and they said, yes. And, and, and he said, well, he said, I, I lived next to a church. He said, I, I could pray like they prayed. I, I remember hearing them pray. And so they said, anything, we're going down here. And so he said, 38, 45, 66, bingo. That's what some people know. That's the sadness of what the religious world shows people, you know. And, and we know better. We're not going to enter in to any dealings with the devil. We're not going to say yes and rubber stamp things because the world says it's okay. You've got, like Sister Ann said, you've got to stand up no matter how it gets to be like you could hear a pin drop when you've got to express with all the wisdom you can and tell people the truth because people are terribly deceived. Deceived. I'm telling you, people think that they're just going to live any kind of natural life they want to live and have some little conscience through their once in a, week, once in a while or once a week and, and that everybody's going to die and go to heaven and have a big, uh, a big bonfire, I guess, and a big feast up there, though I think the bonfire might be in the other place. But they're going to have some kind of big shindig, you know, and, and have a family reunion type thing going on. And that's fantasy type thinking, do you hear me? And, and Jesus said it straight, as was said tonight, and there are many things that you and I know, and we've got to keep it straight in our mind how the Bible teaches it. This is not something to gamble with. This is not something to play games with. This is something that you're to have and no soul salvation. You're to have a much assurance about the right way to do it and to believe it. And then your expectations can be based on chapter and verse. Amen. And uh, My expectations, I have an expected end because of what the Bible teaches me. What the Bible teaches I'm, I, uh, I've been married for 43 years this August. We've been married for 43 years this August, and she keeps being a good girl. We'll, we'll finish out this year. And if I keep saying, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, thank you, ma'am, and please, I think we'll make it to August. And uh, <laughs> that's right, amen. <laughs> nice to get an amen on that. So, uh, but I am saying that, uh, you know, you... Uh, if we're going to keep on keeping on, we've got to keep the right attitude. We've got to do things in the right manner. And we've got to base our beliefs and our thinkings on the Scripture. We don't want to deviate. We don't want to go off to the right or go off to the left or, or back up or turn around and run the wrong way. And we've got to be willing to stand up for what is right and what is correct. And sometimes we, we're not able to uh, answer and deal with things verbally, but it's how we live our lives that people see you day in and day out. What is it said of Ruth that all the city doth know that thou art a virtuous woman? That people see, they see you, and they're observing when you think they're not observing. They're looking right at you every day. They're watching what's going on and what's taking place, and they're measuring you against the religious world and people that claim to be so blessed and people who claim this and claim that and claim the other. And, uh, and the rest of the time, you know, the wrong words are coming out of their mouth and the, and the dirty jokes are coming out of their mouth and the carnal things that they involve themselves with. And, 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 and yet they're observing you day in and day out that there's a purity and there's a holiness and there's a godliness and that these things are based on chapter and verse that you are fixed and, and your heart is fixed and you're, you're rooted and grounded and settled and and uh, whether you're a young person or whether you're middle-aged or whatever, uh, there are people that look, there are people that observe, and, and that sometimes becomes the best testimony because lots of people can talk, 
Well, there's a difference, people that can match the talk with living the life. There's a big difference. And people have, been, have heard so much junk over the years. But the difference is, is that we're just not going to have any dealings with the devil. We're going to recognize what is carnal and what is ungodly and what is uh, not of the Lord and what does not, what did it say, as becometh saints. There is a lifestyle that becometh saints, and, and it reflects that you are a citizen of the world to come and, and that we've got our papers. We've got the born-again experience. We're ready. We're, we're going to get our passport here to the other side. And there's not, you're not going to trip into heaven. It's not going to get there by some kind of accident. We're going to get there because we are diligently applying ourselves day in and day out because we truly love the Lord and we love the life in the church that he has given to us. And everybody said amen. This is not to be what can I slip around, what can I get by with, what can I do when, uh, give me a little help on the air conditioner, it's a little warm. If she's warm, I know I must be warm, right? Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Thank you for that signal. I appreciate that. Amen. Amen. So I had the guy at the radio station today. I was choking up preaching, and uh, he actually brought me a cup of water. I guess my prayers are getting through with that guy, you know. And uh, <laughs> I stepped away from the mic and said, thank you. <laughs> Went back to the mic, and I was very nice of him. And I usually don't have anything when I'm preaching, and I didn't. I waited until I got done at the radio to have my water. But I am saying to you now that uh, you and I have a life to live. We have a light to let it shine. And, and it's important that you become discerning about things in your, in your uh, day in and day out activities. Uh, you, there are people, I'm telling you, that you don't want to let them down. You want to live a life that, that they see and uh, you live and they, they draw confidence from that. They, they, it becomes an example to them, a warning even to them not to go and do the wrong thing. And they many times would even come and seek out your advice about things. And they need to hear uh, a counsel that is, is prudent, is wise. And as you grow older and older in God, that you uh, mature in these decisions and that you're not a child and that you're not trying to slip around and see what you can get past the pastor or uh, the adults in your, in your life or your Sunday school teachers or whatever, but that you want to live upright and forthright and you want to square your shoulders and, and you want to show that I am, I'm growing in grace and knowledge and I'm leaving a uh, baby uh, stage and I'm leaving even adolescence and I'm, I'm, I'm becoming a young adult in the church and I'm, I'm going to bear some responsibility here and I'm going to let my light shine and I'm going to learn how to make decisions based on chapter and verse and I'm going to do the right thing when I'm faced with the wrong and the devil comes and works through somebody or something, some invention and tries to get me, pull me in and hook me in to doing the wrong thing. That's what the enemy did with Jesus. Come on, he said, I'll give you all and look what all I'll give to you. You know, and Jesus took care of him in royal fashion. And you want to take these things for an example. You want to have these things as it is written. What about Mary when Jesus answered her as a child? And uh, she said, why have you dealt with us, though? We've been sorrowing after thee, looking for you. And he said, wish you not that I must be about the business of the Spirit. And so I'm where I belong doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's what you want to be doing. You want to ask yourself, how are my days going by? What am I doing week in and week out? Am I letting my light shine? Am I talking to people? Am I giving out invitations? Am I uh, being a light if I have a job or in my school? And whether that includes the academy, that you have to be a good light. You have to be the kind of light that reflects 
Jesus Christ. On your job, people see you on your job, and they want to they see something that reflects that you get something out of your going to church, and that your life has been changed for the good, and that you're not the old you, that you've been delivered from that. And you can say, I'm an ex, as in sinner. I'm an ex-sinner. I don't live that way anymore. I don't look at that stuff anymore. I don't go those places anymore. I don't speak those words anymore. I don't think those thoughts anymore. I banish those things. I rebuke those spirits out of my life, and I'm living for God. I'm going to, I'm telling you flatly, I'm not going to have any dealings with the devil, and you've got to recognize the devil in the different things that he comes in. He comes in many forms and many fashions, and he, he can even present himself as an angel or a messenger of light and act like he's a, a, a bringing truth. And uh, what did it say in Revelation that those that you judged to not be apostles, who said they were apostles, you tried them, and that they were not, they were false, fake, and phony. You got to wake up and know. I talked to a guy on the phone one time and witnessed to him, and um, he got mad at me, and and he because I wouldn't, uh, I wasn't, I kept telling him you're not, you don't have the truth. And he said, "How do you know I don't have the truth?" I said, "Because I ask you questions and you're not giving me the right answers. That's how I know." And I said, "People of the truth wouldn't be giving me the answers you're giving me. They'd be giving me the right answers." And uh, and so it is in our lives, day in and day out. And we want to win everybody. We want to be a good light to everybody. We want to be an encourager to everybody. We want to lead people to the truth. Of course we do. And we want to bring them out to the house of the Lord, see them baptized and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let there be that about us that will draw them. And bring them to the church of the living God. One man said when he went fishing, he scared away more fish than he caught. Let us not be like that. Let us, let us be wise and let us reel fish in. Let them come and let us not scare them away, but let us at the same time, uh, what it say, be able to give an answer for the reason of the hope that lieth in you, that we're ready to give that answer. We're looking for an opening to give you that answer. And when we can't speak, then we can live it. We can let you see our light shining, and it's going to make a great a difference in people's lives, and it'll make a great difference in your life when you practice it in your heart that I'm not going to have any dealings with the devil, not going to get involved with him, not going to get involved with his inventions. I, if anything, I'm going to uh, get myself away from those things. I'm going to dial those things out, tune those things out. I'm not interested in it. Somebody said something today about somebody in a store was talking about something on the TV or the movie or something, and they were trying to use it about something spiritual, about the devil coming up out of the earth. That's a bunch of garbage. You hear me? I don't need Hollywood to teach me nothing about the devil. They, they need to realize the devil's eating their lunch every day. He's packing their lunch. He's force-feeding them everything that they're bringing out to this world. And the devil has no mercy. The devil has no love. The devil has no peace. The devil has no joy. He's got nothing good for you. You. Even saying, I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world and the glory. He's a liar. He's a liar. He's, he may have power to do something, but he's not going to do it. He don't want to give you nothing. He wants to take you straight to hell. That's what he wants to do. Misery loves company, and hell and the grave are never satisfied. So you tell yourself, no dealings with the devil. Break them off if you've got anything going. Break them off. That's what you need to do. Break it off. If you're messing with some sinner person, break it off. Hear me? Our young ladies are not to be looking at any sinner men. You break that off. You don't have nothing, no kind of dealings like that. We don't get unequally yoked together with unbelievers. You hear me? You don't get You break that off. Nothing to do with that. Both ways that works. Amen. You got a little job you work at. You don't be getting involved with those sinner girls. You don't want nothing to do with them. You break that off. You hear me? 
That old devil's just a liar and the father of it. And you tell yourself, I'm not going to hang out on the street with those crowds. I'm not going to run around the neighborhood with those kids. I'm not going to start talking like they talk and acting like they're acting. Those aren't the phrases that I want to know. Those aren't the words that I want to employ. And everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Amen and amen. No dealings with the devil. The devil loved to teach you how they do things, and we don't want to learn how they do things. We don't want to be educated at it. We don't want to open a door and let that come into our life and begin to spoil us, all right, destroy us. And that's exactly what the dealings with the devil will do. It'll just destroy your life, okay? And there are things that happen before we come into church, and that's what's so good about being baptized in Jesus' name because all of that gets forgiven washed away and sent away and remembered no more. You get a chance to be born again, you know. The first time you're born a loser. The second time around, you're born a winner. So let's work with the winner side of things. And everybody said hallelujah. Give God a big hand. Amen. <clears throat> One place in the scripture uh, described an individual. Hey, don't sit down on me. I'm going to quit. If you stay standing, I'll quit. Okay, if you sit down, I might go another hour. All right, and you've already lost an hour this weekend, so you don't need another one to go bye-bye. All right, but uh, it said that he, he and his family, they joined hard to the church. You want to get in this with everything you got and, and grow in grace and knowledge, okay? Okay, that's what you want to do. And you want to you wanna learn to be, seems it fell mentioned that the people out where we were at, they were young people and uh were so hospitable and so friendly and, and uh, so polite and so very, uh, made you feel welcome, you know. We didn't walk into the first church of the refrigerator out there. And those people were warm and loving, and that's important. And we've been called that here. We've been called to be a very loving and warm church, and I, I want that, and I want you to feel that way. That uh, we, we you, there's, it's been, Some people have been described as having never met a stranger, that they just know how to make people feel welcome, and you want to be that way. When people come around here or you meet anybody anywhere and talk to them about the church, you, you want to uh, have a smile. Smile goes a long way, you know, goes a long way. And everybody said amen? All right, so let's join hard to the church. Let's get into this thing and get right into the middle of it. We've got a rest of the year coming up, and we've got an April rally, and then we're going to have a rally in May. And we've got some wonderful things lined up, good things happening. Easter is coming up, and we're going to have some special stuff for that and uh you be sure if you're a part of that that you cooperate real good okay everybody said amen i said praise the lord all right please remember tomorrow night right here at seven o'clock for prayer in the meantime you can shake hands and be friendly with